Welcome to From the Edge, the official podcast of the 200 Voice Chorus of Westerly, with your hosts, Ryan Saunders and Andrew Howell. In this episode, Ryan and Andrew sit down with patron services manager, Ashley Shea, and Ted the Intern, Ted Donovan. And now, gather your kids, parents, grandparents, and pets around the internet, and welcome to From the Edge. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are listening to the fine voices of the Chorus of Westerly. Welcome to From the Edge, the official podcast of the Chorus of Westerly. Delighted to be back for our third edition of the show. The first two were so successful, we took six months off in between shows. So uh, I guess we're like a first-run Netflix series or something like that. Have we started? Yeah, I think we actually have started. Is that true? We're, we're live? Well, right. well, here... Hey, welcome back, yeah, hey, we're, we're back. We're ready for season number 56. Seven and, and Ben and Dave are here to get us going. And uh, with uh, music director of the Chorus of Western Andrew Howell, I'm Ryan Saunders. Hello. And also joining us today, uh, our brand new patron services manager, Ashley Shea. She's been here for all of seven months. Um, <laughs> and our intern, Ted. That's all we're going to tell you is he is just the intern, Ted. But no, actually, Ashley's been here uh, with the Chorus since uh, the middle of September. Welcome to the Chorus of Westerly family, Thank Ashley. You. Are you having a uh, Are you having a, a good time in your job so far? I'm enjoying it. What do you do? Um, I do things in the box office. I sell people tickets. Oh, you sell people tickets. That's... I do. I do, and I'm just like super friendly and fun, and meet people and schmooze and. Are, yeah, are take you care of our singers and our patrons? There you go. That's a good answer. You know, she her interview was actually she believe it or not she beat out quite a field even and now she's been here and now asking her what she does now is is always a good test. What do you do? <laughs> I like to ask Andrew what he does. And Andrew, have, I have no Andrew. Idea. Now you've had a you, we're we're back. It's it's now November, but of course we can recap our summer. So you had a you had a good summer. Anything anything new happen in your life this summer? No, not really. Well, Andrew, Andrew and his, his wife, <laughs> we Emily. We had our uh, fourth baby named baby. Arthur Benjamin there you go. in August. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, unfortunately, that did keep me from going to camp. But we had a wonderful guy come in to fill in for me. Our uh, music director emeritus, George Kent, filled in for that. So although I wasn't there for the week, mm. the kids were in good hands. It was great, great fun. And of course, now, uh, the other person we'd like to introduce you now is to Ted, the intern. Uh, say hello, Ted. Hi, folks. Glad to be here. Yeah, this is Ted, our intern. Now, Ted, <laughs> Ted, you uh, you were up at, you've been, you, Ted is a former chorus of Westerly kid, like pretty much am, everyone in proudly, the yeah. room is at some point in their life, except for Ashley, because she just got here from Chicago. Um, but now, how long ago did you start singing with the chorus? Oh, it's uh, over two years now. Um, Christmas or summer pops three years ago yep. was my first concert. So uh, over two years now, singing with the chorus has been life changing for me. Um, Wonderful. Honestly, one of the best experiences I've ever had. So, Excellent. Happy to be here. Happy to be working with the chorus now. So. so let me ask you a question about this. So you were up at camp this year, I was. and um, Ted. Just so you know, Ted was uh, he's moved on to our college staff now that he's graduated from high school. And when you become college staff, uh, we we give you a little bit more responsibility at camp. <laughs> Ted, what was your job this year up at the Children's Week at, at camp? I was the the tennis counselor at Camp Ogons. The uh, tennis counselor. That's amazing. And and how much before you uh, uh, instructed at tennis this year? How much instruction or background did you have? 
Um, approximately none. Um, oh wow! And I say approximately <laughs> go. like I think I had it in gym once, but that that might be a lie. That's, that's probably a lie. <laughs> well, that's good. And you you did take tennis or had a little bit of tennis lessons from in one of your first years, right? From that's one of our previous. True. Who was your very first um, tennis instructor? The master tennis player Michael Freitas. Mike Freitas, <laughs> unbelievable. You know, Mike Freitas passing on a great tradition. The right there. Absolutely, yeah. Mike Freitas, a, a wonderful guy from Pawcatuck, uh, works uh, for. Uh, a local uh, firm that builds submarines, and uh, he uh, also has known me for quite a while. But I can tell you that Mike Freitas is quite a jock, and uh, <laughs> the fact that he <laughs> taught you enough to teach tennis mm. at the camp, you're following in a fine line of tennis instructors. Mm. So, yeah, it's the, um, the 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 veil of ignorance is what shelters us all. So why did you why did you want to come here to to intern with the chorus of Westerly? Um, mostly because I heard Ashley Shea was oh going to be working. Oh my god, no, what an answer! Just kidding, she's awful. <laughs> oh, no, I, you know, she no, controls I, nothing about your evaluations or anything. I, um, you know, I, the course meant so much to me. I really, in this transitional phase, uh, when we're going, undergoing so many changes in the course, I wanted to, um, have a more active support role for our organization that mm. I oh, hold so dearly. Um, I really thought it was a, it was a good opportunity for myself as well um, to really kind of see the the nonprofit field in a better light, um, a more involved light. And I just I felt I had something uh, more to contribute than I had in the past with the course. So I was uh, very excited and eager to start here. So so rumor has it, Ashley, that you two have morphed into one human being and and with a new name. What what is that name? We have we have it happened. Mm. Pretty organically. Yep. It was just, it was kind of one of those things that well, was destined. I don't know about organically. It's more kind of like the Borg. It's, it's the really Borg. Different. I don't, know I don't think, is. I don't think oh. Ashley's ever watched Star Trek, so I, I don't think we've been to the, But the yeah. internet is rejoicing right like now. The, Borg? Like a smorgasbord? <laughs> like that. Okay. Sort of. So what is your crazy new name? We're, uh, we're, we're Tashley. We're known as Tashley, Tashley. We're together. And it's just, it's a name that just, I mean, it was natural. It's, it flows and it mm. works and it. Both of us melded together, yeah. which is how we how we function in the office. And now, 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 I, I will refer to you myself as individuals. So Ashley of the Tashley, mm. ha- have you managed or worked with an intern before? Before you got this one? N- n- no, I have not. I have not. And have you enjoyed the experience? Um, so much, so much. I um, Ted has just helped me so much to to acclimate to my new job and my new surroundings and he's been my right hand man and um, I'm just so happy that I get to work with him. Oh, and, making me blush. Well, there you go right there. So, um, Andrew, we have a, a great season about to start off so what's coming up? We'll talk about it in the next segment a little bit more but what's our, what's our first concert coming down the pike? We have on St. Cecilia's Day, November mm-hmm. 22nd, a classical masters concert. We've got three of the greats of the classical era, Haydn, Schubert, and Mozart, all in one fantastic concert. That's a, that's that's some heavy hit and stuff. I think it's absolutely. Uh, we saw a lot of their statues and things like that when we were in Vienna last year with the chorus. Absolutely, yes. Which, so, so the three three works you're doing, that we have the uh, the Solemn Vespers of the Confessor. Or we the... do, yeah. So we have three big works, uh, all of which are kind of classics of the choral repertoire, but we've nev- never done here in Westerly before. So we have Mozart's uh, Solemn Vespers of the Confessor, which uh, he wrote at the ripe old age of 24. Wow. And that's actually the oldest of the three composers that we have here in terms of when they wrote these works. Um, we have 
Schubert, who wrote the Mass in G, which pretty much every choral society in the world has done at least 80 times. Um, mm. But we have never actually done it here before. And he wrote that when he was only 18 years old. These guys were pretty incredible. Um, and then we have Papa Haydn, who lived to a ripe old Papa age Hayden. of almost 80. But he wrote this piece when he was 17. Um, and he was a choir boy back then and just writing something for his choir that he was currently singing in. Um, but he liked it so much that... Uh, basically, within his in his last year of life, he went back and revisited the piece. Thought it was incredibly charming and re-orchestrated uh, it mm. a little bit, did a little of updating to it. So, three very interesting pieces from Vienna from the classical era. So, Ted, how many pieces of music have you written? You're you're 19, right? Um, I I think I wrote a limerick on a napkin once you better, at camp. You better get to it. You better about it. <laughs> you got some. Um, I, I don't even think it was right. I don't even think it was a limerick, really. Um, so there we go. That's about all it. All right, we'll have That's, to get busy with all of that. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm on have it. have you said now the chorus has never done any of these pieces? I I have a chance. I've done the Schubert and the Mozart when I was in college. Ashley, have you had a Ashley? Uh, we'll interview her a little bit more about her background. Have you had a, ever sung these pieces in in your? Um, part of it. So part part of, it. of one, but but yeah. Not not in their entirety. No. Well, well, we'll figure that a little bit more in, in our next segment. We'll talk a little bit more about the actual uh, performances coming up. Otherwise, we're going to take a, a quick break so we can catch our breath and, and laugh at ourselves for a few seconds. And you're listening to From the Edge, the official podcast of The Course of Westerly. The glorious sounds of three classical music giants, Mozart, Haydn, and Schubert, will fill Westerly's historic George Kent Performance Hall on Sunday, November 22nd, as the 190 voices of the Chorus of Westerly present the Classical Chorus, kicking off the renowned organization's 57th concert season. Under the direction of conductor Andrew Howell, the chorus will perform Mozart's Solemn Vespers of the Confessor, Haydn's Missa Brevis in F, and Schubert's much-beloved Mass in G Major. Joining the chorus will be the festival orchestra and guest vocalists Jolie Greenleaf, Virginia Warmkin, Dan Cokewell, and Paul Max Tipton. Performances on November 22nd will be at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. Tickets begin at just $18, and those under the age of 18 may attend for free. Tickets are available by calling 401-596-8663 or online at chorusofwesterly.org. Classical Chorus is made possible with support from Marion Palm, South County Hospital, the Brightman Hill Charitable Trust, and the Rhode Island State Council on the Arts. Okay, welcome back to From the Edge. Um, you know, we, we probably realized that um, Graysale has been the official uh, uh, brewing company and beer of the Chorus of Westerly. And, and Michael, this might be funnier if we did this next time, maybe from Graysale or had a few Graysales. So our, our sure. thanks to that would be great. Graysale. Not for you, Ted, the intern. No, no. no beer for you. No. But that, uh, we've had a, a great sponsor. So uh, we want to talk a little bit more about this particular performance. Um, so, Andrew, we have, uh, as you were mentioning, we have the three works. They're all about 20, 25 minutes apiece or so. Uh, the Haydn is the shortest. It's about 12 minutes, and then the others are each about 25 minutes. And, uh, of course, we have the chorus itself singing in an orchestra about 25. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of the guest vocalists that we have coming in for the performance? Sure. We have some spectacular voices, some wonderful musicians coming in. Um, the two ladies that we have, the soprano and alto, are actually both going to be coming back later in the season with a wonderful early music group out of New York called Tenet. Uh, Jolie Greenleaf will be the soprano, and Virginia Warren will be the alto. Virginia also sings in Room Full of Teeth, oh, yeah. which is another Fabulous really stellar, um, stellar ensemble that does new music. Um, and then we have two of our um, returnees coming. The tenor and bass are Dan Cokewell and Paul Max Tipton, who mm -hmm. both sang with us last year for the Bach um, Christmas, Christmas Oratorio. Oratorio. Yeah, mm -hmm. I forgot which one we did last <laughs> year. It's been a long time. 
So, um, of the three pieces now, I'm going to ask you this straight out. Do you, do you like one better than the other? No, they all have their own charm. I, I think that the Haydn is really sparkly. It, it focuses on the two sopranos, um, and, and the chorus really back uh, back up the sopranos in the whole piece. And it is short, uh, and the think that Haydn actually wrote it for uh, two of his closest friends as the Sopranos. To, it would have been Trebles back in the day who wow. did the solo. Um, and uh, so it's a really just just a fun piece for them, kind of a, a, a real barn burner of a Soprano work. Um, and it is for two Sopranos as opposed to a Soprano and an Alto. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Virginia will be hopping over to the Soprano world mm-hmm. for that. Um, and then um, the, the Mozart is just it's you know classic Mozart in that it's incredibly interesting. He puts so much incredible music into just every little bit that's in there, um, and and tremendously interesting uh, based on six psalms, um, as a regular vesper service would be. And then um, the last piece is the Schubert Mass in G, which is just a, a flowing, beautiful classic of the the end of the classical era. Uh, Schubert was really on the cusp. The way the three composers kind of fit into this is that we've got um, Haydn, who was the the earliest and lived basically the longest out of anyone in the classical era. Mm. Mozart, who was kind of the crown of the whole thing. And then Schubert, who was classical slash romantic. He was the one who was pushing us over into the next, mm-hmm. um, into the next historical era. Well, that's 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 very interesting. I like how you actually call Mozart the crown of the era. I never really thought about that way. But and then Haydn, like being the uh, he was the granddaddy, the granddaddy, or Papa Haydn there. Because if you uh, we had the good we had the good fortune last year um, to be in Austria and to be in Vienna, and a, a group of singers went to Esterhazy, which was a mm-hmm. Haydn land, as I call it. And uh, and it, 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 you can't walk around that city without realizing that of these great composers, particularly of that period of time, we're talking the the seventeen hundreds or the eighteenth century if you will, up into the early 19th century. I mean, they all worked there and they all learned off of each other and f- fed off each other. I mean, then, yeah, anyone after, who was anyone was in Vienna, right. absolutely. Because then right after that period, that's when you get into Beethoven's heyday and then you start right. rolling into some of the real meat and potatoes of the 19th century. Um, do you find this particular... We have done some big pieces around here. We've done Dvorak, which is rich and lush and big orchestras and Verdi coming up next spring. You know, on the surface, you would look at this kind of performance and say, well, this one's got to be easier. Is it easier? No. In fact, the the chorus is very naked in this because they have so wow. much to do and not as much doubling as you get out of a romantic or a contemporary composer necessarily. Um, so there's there's a heck of a lot of notes to sing, especially in the Mozart, um, and a tremendous amount of, of work that the chorus has needed to do to get this stuff ready. Also, with a big piece like the Verdi Requiem or the Dvorak Stabat Mater, you have a lot more solo work in it. Mm-hmm. This is almost always chorus the chorus yeah. is on constantly so they have a lot more to do in general yeah. so uh but they are rising to the challenge and and we are we're ready for this ted now you're singing uh, ted the intern ted you're also <laughs> part of uh, doing things for us and letting me call you ted the intern the whole time that's not just like <laughs> i roll really off need the a tongue. t-shirt that says that yeah ted the intern that's all right um so you're uh, still singing with the chorus right now I are, am. are you a tenor or a bass i'm a bass remember. i'm a bass a, one. a bass all right so we'll, i'm a bass let's yeah. talk in our bass voices right now all right great so uh <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, if you want to talk in your bass voice, you that. can. You know, uh, that's that's the fine part of the internet. You can do whatever you want, apparently. 
Uh, no, getting okay. to it. Do right. you, uh, mm-hmm. Now, you've gone through the rehearsal process with this all the way back since August. Um, mm-hmm. do, have you uh, enjoyed the works? Do you find one particular work more interesting than the other? Or tell me a little uh, about your I've, experience. My, the most challenging piece to me has been Mozart. Um, the Laudate is my favorite movement, for sure. Um, but it's... it's I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. There's just something different about this piece. Um I haven't necessarily struggled with it musically, but it's just uh, you, you do have to put the effort in yeah. on, on, on your part as a singer. Um, well, one of the fun things about that piece for the singers is that it is different Latin. It is in Latin, and it's uh, six dif- well, five psalms and the Magnificat all in Latin, which are not typical. I mean, we sing masses. We sing requiems. Mm-hmm. That text is at least familiar. That is a particular challenge in that we have all of this new text as well as all of the music. Yeah, that, that hits the nail on the head very much. So, um, it's 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 very it's a very fun piece to sing, though. I yeah. must say, I'm enjoying this quite a bit. So, yeah, it's very it's very playful in many senses. Yeah, too. and part of the interest of it too is that because it is six distinct uh, sections, it, there's a lot of variety in it as right, well, and right. there's a lot of playfulness. That the one that Ted, the intern, referenced is the <laughs> Laudate Puri, I believe, right? Yes, now, yeah, yeah. Um, which is just the the big, massive fugal one, and that's a which. That's a blast. Which and uh, am I crazy about this? Because I I, yes. I was listening to it. I am crazy about this, but. Um, <laughs> I, I felt like I I felt in that movement in particular, you can hear a little bit of the Requiem in there, and you can hear a little bit of the C minor Mass in there. Yeah, well, absolutely, the Requiem, the the opening of the um, well, and really the theme that's used throughout the whole Laudate Puri is what essentially was the kernel for the Kyrie of yeah. the Requiem. It's very it's very interesting when it comes on. You want it to go in a different way, and like, oh, this right. is this is curious, and <laughs> and it's 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 often neat to me when composers you can kind of see where they were playing with different things and different absolutely uh, pieces of work. Well, tickets are on sale for that uh, this performance right now, and this performance is taking place on Sunday, November twenty second at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. And um, you can purchase the tickets by calling Ashley up in the box office. Yeah, give me a call. Do, the, do, do you know the number yet? Or you want me to t- remind it's you of the number? It's 401-596-8663. Wow, there you it go. It only took me two months to Well, that's 866-401-596-8663. And now you can also go on our website, at which is what? org. There you go. Wait, what were all those numbers you just said? <laughs> what are you <laughs> I, said, I have no idea what I you said. said some... I think you just had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to. Well, just, just the number that I said. Can you just edit that out? <laughs> did I say? What did I say? You I don't. Just, you said a bunch of numbers, but they, you had the right ones intertwined. It was fine. <laughs> It was there. That was amazing. Well, was you know, oh that's okay. This is this is the beauty of live television. Uh, so it's four zero one five nine six eight six six three. Did I say go. that correctly this time? Well done. Good things is my seventh season as executive director and my thirtieth with the chorus of Westerly or chorusofwesterly.org. So we'll uh, we'll take a break. I will get a glass of water and check my blood pressure, and we'll be back with from the edge. The glorious sounds of three classical music giants, Mozart, Haydn, and Schubert, will fill Westerly's historic George Kent Performance Hall on Sunday, November 22nd, as the 190 voices of the Chorus of Westerly present the Classical Chorus, kicking off the renowned organization's 57th concert season. Under the direction of conductor Andrew Howell, the chorus will perform Mozart's Solemn Vespers of the Confessor, Haydn's Missa Brevis in F, and Schubert's much-beloved Mass in G Major. Joining the chorus will be the festival orchestra and guest vocalists Jolie Greenleaf, Virginia Warnkin, Dan Cokewell, and Paul Max Tipton. Performances on November 22nd will be at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. 
Tickets begin at just $18, and those under the age of 18 may attend for free. Tickets are available by calling 401-596-8663 or online at chorusofwesterly.org. Classical Chorus is made possible with support from Marion Palm, South County Hospital, the Brightman Hill Charitable Trust, and the Rhode Island State Council on the Arts. Oh, hey, we're back on the air here. You know, in the, uh, and we're welcome back from our break, back to From the Edge. Uh, sorry that I'm having some problems with numbers, apparently, but this is Friday afternoon staff meetings and, and what it normally is. And it's, uh, and in fact, in the process, I scared away both Ted the intern and Andrew. Uh, Andrew has a uh, music lesson with one of our uh, young sopranos right now. Mm-hmm. And Ted the intern went out to figure out where Andrew went, but he'll figure that out in a few minutes to come back. So I have a chance here. It's just, it's just Ryan and Ashley time to have Which a Which is so funny because my maiden name is Ashley. Ryan, so it's always Wait, funny. Wait, so your maiden name it. is Ashley Ryan? Yeah. So when we say it's Ashley Ryan, do you that could get confusing. It does. It gets Sometimes I'm like, what's happening? And then I realize that your name is Ryan My well. name is Ryan, too. Is. I can tell you that my middle name is not Ashley, though, or neither is my first name. But you know what's crazy? My middle name, get this ready. Is, is Shay? No. Oh. No, it's Andrew. That is Huh? Weird. Ryan Andrew? Yeah, Ashley Ryan. Can, can you see the connections I around this? I can see the this connection. Is, this is kind of the it's, next thing is we're going to have to rename Ted. I don't know what will. I don't know what we're we going will. to re- rename him, but we'll have to rename <laughs> him something. So you you hail from uh, uh, originally New Jersey, but found your way to Illinois to the Chicago area where you grew up most of yeah, your life. Yeah, when is I was that, like when I was six. So when you were basically six? from Illinois. Yeah. You still have a little a little Jersey. That's in you, from though. my mother because she talks like this. She so, does. Yeah. Now I I understand from you, and I hope this is okay that yeah. your mom got a little confused about the, that the malted barley was she did she did we're new into town and you know driving by places sometimes you don't you misread things so sure. uh, she did she drove by the malted barley but she thought that it said the malted bakery oh, well, that would be lovely I, well, I yeah. would tell Colin and Stephanie that that uh, a bakery in there would yeah be but too. I will tell you she was quite upset when she told me about it because then one day she was walking through town and she went in and um, didn't bother to reread the sign and then told me later that day that do you know that bakery they don't even have bread she's like what kind of bakery doesn't even sell bread i'm like mom what are you talking about the malted bakery there's no bread there and she didn't notice the like 40 that there was a bar inside of it no yeah so but that's you know. you know that's that well they do have pretzels i mean i've some, heard they, they, they have, have really del- good pretzels. delicious pretzels yeah. and they chorus of wesley uh is, is great friends with the malted barley yeah. and many of our downtown businesses who take care of us on monday nights after yeah. rehearsal so uh, but that's so. But you in Chicago? Yes, you, you grew up there. Uh, I did. Tell me a little bit about your educational background in the great state of Illinois. So I went to undergrad at Illinois Wesleyan University. Mm-hmm. It's a small private school in Central Illinois, um, and I got my bachelor's in music, mm-hmm. voice performance, and then I went on to uh, Chicago College of Performing Arts at Roosevelt University. Oh yeah, and got my master's degree in vocal performance, and then. I auditioned for and was accepted into kind of a joint program with Chicago Opera Theater, um, and which was also connected to the Chicago College of Performing Arts. And it was a postgraduate performance diploma mm-hmm. as well as a two-year young artist program. Nice. Um, so I was a young artist with them. Um, with them being the Chicago Opera Theater. And then at the same time, I took classes and performed at Roosevelt and then in two years earned a, a a performance di- diploma. Pretty amazing. And yeah. so, but now you have found your way here to Connecticut with your, I with did. your family and mm-hmm. uh, have jumped into the arts administration yeah. field. God bless you for that. It's awesome. Um, why, why did you want to come work with us? 
I mean, I'm still kind of asking myself that question. I mean, not in a good way, but no, like, why did you want to come work for the chorus? Well, you know, as as a musician, um, it's difficult to come across jobs sometimes. So a lot of a lot of professional musicians, especially young professional musicians, um, while you're sort of scoping out opportunities and gigs and jobs and auditions, um, most of us have some other type of full-time job mm-hmm. that we're supporting ourselves um, until we sort of have enough music work to to make it, I guess, to pay the bills. Yeah. So um, most of my jobs were um, administrative types of positions. And so when we moved here, I was looking to get involved in the music scene in the area. But in the meantime, I thought, well, you know, I'll look for a job. And as I was looking for jobs, I came across this position and literally thought that I was dreaming because I've never had the opportunity to have my full-time job be at a music organization, especially choral or, or vocal, which mm. is what my passion is. So right. it was just seemed like the perfect fit well, for we're me. Glad you're here. We're glad, I'm so glad I'm here. It's my dream stayed, job. Glad you stayed and, and done this. <laughs> so um, as we get close to the end of this here, can you just uh, recap for us of the, the the next couple events upcoming for the chorus? Yeah. So after our fall concert, our fall classical concert on November 22nd, we have our Christmas Pops, our wildly popular Christmas Pops concert. Christmas Pops. December 20th. No indoor fireworks. Oh. Do you know my cousin who he knows who he is and he runs a camp in New Hampshire? Does right he now? know who he is? Yeah, he does. Uh, <laughs> whether I know so. who I am right now is, is, is another question for debate. But when we were we were little trebles and boys, he was convinced or was telling me, maybe he maybe he was trying to convince me mm. that at because he had been to summer pops, at Christmas pops, there would be fireworks at the end inside of the the building, which was then called the Center for the Arts. I mean like cannons and fireworks. Like wow. because it was pops, we were going to do the eighteen twelve and instead of you know but I think he was very disappointed at the end during Okamoli Faithful where we weren't shooting off pyrotechnics inside of the George Kent Performance Hall. Yeah. But, uh, so I'm sorry, we have Christmas Pops on the, the 20th of December. Yeah, and and so, and so I should say that although we're not doing Twelfth Night this year, mm. the, the Christmas Pops concert will have some theatrical elements to That is very true. One of the pieces. We're going to be, um, for those who are chorus fans, we're going to be doing a piece called The Musicological Journey Through the Twelve Days of Christmas. And that piece on its surface might sound boring, but what it does is it takes every day of the 12 days and sets it to a different musical era. So the first day is on Gregorian chant, and the last day, the 12th day, is uh, based on uh, Sousa's Stars and Stripes Forever. It's awesome. But what we're going to do, we've done the piece before, uh, what we're going to do is stage it. And we're going to have things, ha- puppets and things happening in the aisles, and and somehow we're going to put, we have the whole creative team, or almost all the creative team of 12th Night coming in for like a 12-minute blast inside of Christmas Pops. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, and there's a 65-piece orchestra in the middle of it, too. Yeah. So we'll see how that all works out. But that's coming it's Christmas It's going to be great. Yeah. And then in January, we have a guest group coming in. We do, Stile Antico. Stile, yeah. And I believe that's January 17th, Sunday, January 17th at 3 p.m. And then in March, we have Tenant coming. And that's an early music group that features uh, Julie and Virginia, who are soloists in this upcoming fall concert. Yes, and a small instrumental ensemble as well with the the singers. Um, I can't recall that date, though. March March 6th, I think. Okay, Uh, Sunday, March 6th. We'll have, have, yeah, we're good. All the information will be on the website. Chorusofwesterly.org. And the number, Ted, do you know the number better than I do? I do not know the number. The number is 401 596 
8663. And what does 8663 spell? Tone. Tone. T-O-N-E. That's where I was getting at before I had my moment a few minutes ago there. <laughs> that was uh, actually just a test for but Ryan to see if you could get it the second tickets time. Tickets are on sale for all events right now. Please uh, get them for Pops if you haven't already, but please come to the November concert. Yeah. Our plan with this podcast is to do one of these about once a month uh, mm-hmm. with Dave and Ben behind the scenes. And uh, all the way through next May, actually, we have it all scheduled up. So we'll try to... Uh, bring in some interesting people, and we'll have our segments with Ted the intern. Maybe we'll have Ted's <laughs> thoughts every time. Oh, that'd oh be fantastic. Fun. <laughs> but do come to this concert. It's going to be just just uh, great stuff. If you're looking for a good introduction into the classical music era, this is a g- great way to do it. Um, we have lots of interesting ways to get you in the hall, too. And if you have kids and you think they can sit through a 65, 70-minute show, they can attend the performance for free. So that should wrap up our first From the Edge podcast of the 2015-2016 season, the Yay. 57th. Welcome, right, Ted, right. the intern. Welcome, <laughs> Ashley. Thank you. And Andrew's right us. here right now. So on behalf of a grateful executive and music director, have a wonderful night and a pleasant tomorrow. Thank you. Bye. From the Edge is produced by the Chorus of Westerly with New Shore Productions. For more information, visit chorusofwesterly.org and newshoreproductions.com.